Next on BYU Sports Nation, day two of West Coast Conference Basketball Media Madness. Live from Las Vegas. A loaded two-hour show today featuring the top coaches in the league with Dave Rose, St. Mary's Randy Bennett, and Gonzaga's Mark Few. Plus the leading scorer for BYU basketball this year and Super Bowl champion Brian Billick on if this is the week for BYU football. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from the WCC Basketball Media Days in Las Vegas, Nevada, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio V from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. Brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, October 19th, wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who will bring the gram to flip phones, Jerem Jordan. Now, I was told by someone today that the gram is not a thing currently, but it could be. There's kind of a movement uh, in place already. I don't want to take full credit for it, but some of it. Uh, that it, some people are calling it that. Just, what does I, a, what? a movement what? mean? Listen, I, I don't need everyone to be with me on that, okay? Like, top button, I joined the top button revolution, and it is that. Uh, and now here we are with the gram. Listen, it just, it's just a thing. You got to let it happen. Like, like, you can't stop an uh, you know, unstoppable force. Have you seen the movie Les Mis? Who hasn't? Revolution didn't end so well. Revolution ended well for the Americans. <laughs> this is more the top button's more like a French well, revolution. No, the French the, eventually the French won the revolution. <laughs> Just that was the full story, right? That was, that was about the miserables. What does a movement count as? Like two people agree with you that it should be called the Gram? I don't know. <laughs> I don't care if no one else calls it that. It's it's the Gram. But man. can you bring it to it. flip phones, Jerem? Because no. that's the real audience. Really. Flip phones on the gram. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have a flip phone or not. You should still follow us on the gram. Okay. Instagram, behind-the-scenes look at uh, the show every day, but especially here in Las Vegas. Uh, and yesterday on the gram, we were talking about what should we do in Vegas. We've been here a million times. with something. You know what we did in the afternoon? We went to an amazing rex, re, uh, Mexican restaurant, had some great food. Then we literally took naps, uh, and then we went to a movie, and then... We, uh, you know, watched some baseball, and then we went to bed. Listen, so it was know, an exciting day in Las Vegas. Do, we know how to do things in Las Vegas. What was Lavelle's quote about Las Vegas? Uh, a Mormon will bring a $20 bill to Vegas and never break it, or commandments something. What was it? <laughs> the commandments in getting... a $20 bill and never break either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I totally butchered that one. It's okay. It's a good thing Alana Tilly here. Yeah, thank was, you. Uh, Someone with some wisdom. Set, set finally, set the record straight. Gosh, set the record straight. I have a fever, Jerem, and the only remedy is more headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football, East Coast bound destination, Greenville. North Carolina today as the Cougars will travel the dreaded two time zones in preparation for Saturday night showdown at East Carolina. It's a big game, so we have a movie trailer for that coming up, okay? 
We Movie do it trailer for every day. big game. Movie trailer day. West Coast Conference basketball media days continue here in Las Vegas. Day two today features the men's side with the preseason coaches poll and all conference team coming up in about an hour. We will be joined, by the way, by Dave Rose, Luke Worthington from Brigham. Also, St. Mary's, Randy Bennett, Gonzaga's Mark Few. First time on the show for those guys. What a privilege for them. Yesterday, the women's poll and team came out. Gonzaga, the team to beat on the women's side, followed by St. Mary's, then BYU. West Coast Conference Player of the Year, Cassie Broadhead, Deva, what is it? Deva Sh- Devagere. Devagere, thank you. As taught to us by Jeff Judkins. Yeah. <laughs> Was the only Cougar on the 10-player all-conference preseason team. Daniel Sorensen and the 5-1 and Kansas City Chiefs of the NFL take on the Oakland Raiders tonight in Thursday Night Football. Sorensen currently second on his Chiefs team in total tackles with 32 on the season. The autumn wind. Nice, Jerry. Women's soccer plays 13th ranked and WCC top team right now. Pepperdine tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. Your boy Spencer Linton's got a flight to catch right after the show. I'll Let's catch go. one later because I don't go. have a soccer game to call. <laughs> Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Swish! Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> we haven't heard that in a long time. That was in Las Vegas when that guy did that. It was in The Vegas. birthplace Flash! of that swish sounder, Las Vegas, Nevada. MGM Grand, by the way. West Coast Conference men's basketball on topic today. The second day of a two-day media event in our home away from home. In fact, we want to know which BYU player will swish the most this year. Our Twitter question today, who will lead BYU hoops in scoring this season? Use the hashtag BYUSN at JGibbs19. I think TJ Haas and Nick Emery will be about even. Those two are going to ball out this season. Hashtag BYU Hoops. Love the non-answer answer. Yes. Who will lead the Cougars in scoring? One of these guys. One of these guys, maybe. <laughs> it's tough to pick one of those two. It is. But that's why we ask it. Yeah. We want you to make the difficult decision. Yeah, and, and here, here's the question, right? Eric Meek is gone, 20-point-a-game scorer. Um, that, that's been a number that's been interesting when it comes to being the leader, which brings us to a very early stat of the day. Okay. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's leading scorer in the West Coast Conference area has averaged 20.4 points per game. You could thank Tyler Hawes for that. Yeah, 22, 21, 23, 22. Eric Mika, 20.3 last year. So I don't think BYU's going to have a 20-point score next year. I don't. I think that the leading score will average about 17, and that man to me will be Nick Emery. Oh. All of Nick Emery's uh, numbers went down last year, literally all of them except for blocks and steals. He had five more and three more, respectively. Okay. Uh, he had the exact same amount of fouls randomly, 100. That's super weird. You can't make that up. Why isn't that our stat of the day? I don't know. We're not talking about fouls. There ain't no Nate Austin countdown <laughs> to the foul leader thing here. <laughs> last year, Emery's role changed. He was more of a defensive stopper. He was going through some personal stuff. This year, I think Nick Emery leads the team in scoring. Although, I won't be surprised if it's Elijah Bryant or TJ Haas or Yoli Childs. Like, I will not be shocked. In fact, this is really hard to pick. I decided to pick somebody, so I picked Nick. I'm going with TJ Haas. And I think that Nick and TJ. The Ginger Mamba? Like at Gibbs 19 tweeted in, will be neck and neck most of the season. But I think TJ Haas in year two makes a significant jump in confidence, in his ability to shoot consistently, 
it's just tough coming off of a mission. And to do what he did coming off of a mission yeah. was pretty impressive. And Nick did it too. Nick Emery averaged 16 a game off of his mission. Yes. Dipped to 13 The offensive scheme that BYU went to going through Eric Mika was not in favor of Nick Emery scoring the basketball last year. It, things will be more in favor of Nick there and TJ as many lanes. Kyle getting more buckets. Yeah, Chase Fisher, Kyle Collins with Nick Emery. That was quite the backcourt for BYU. The guy who will improve the most and who you will immediately notice a big difference with is Yoli Childs. Yoli Childs is a guy who's worked on his game tremendously this offseason. He will be more of an offensive threat. He's not the uh, understudy of another post player this year. In fact, if BYU has a post player, it's going to be him this year. Although it's going to be spread the floor, lanes, drive and kick, layups, not as much post it up and go to the rim. Creating mismatches with athleticism on the perimeter. He'll shoot some threes, too. Absolutely. Yoli Childs will bring the ball up the court this year sometimes. He'll get a rebound, and instead of looked outlet, he'll just bring it up sometimes. He can. If you have that ability, why not? Yeah. And and last year, Yoli uh, missed the first couple of threes, and then they were like, eh, let's not shoot threes. He's going to shoot threes this year, okay? Um, another guy that uh, you know could be sneaky in all of this is Zach Selyus. Does he become a starter? He will, at some point, and you go a little small with Yoli Childs at the five. He will lead BYU in scoring in specific games. Yes, he'll, he'll go off for 20-something, hit five threes, blah, blah, blah. But in terms of consistent scoring, yes. I think it's got to be TJ Haas or Nick Emery. There will be four to five guys that will average double figures for BYU this year. TJ Haas and Nick Emery are going to have a significant advantage in this category because they'll shoot the most three-pointers. Yes, but don't underestimate Elijah Bryant either. If Elijah Bryant is healthy... We saw what he could do against Portland. Oh, I saw so, it firsthand, courtside. 37 points, right? 39 yeah. points. It was, it was awesome. And Elijah Bryant hopefully is healthy, ready to go. And, and then this BYU team has some real physical big guys that hopefully can defend a little better, can value possession. And now BYU's talking. The preseason poll is going to come out today. I'll be shocked if BYU's not third, okay? Why, wouldn't, why would they be one or two, okay? We'll announce in about an hour um, that. And, and who's on the preseason team, okay? Uh, BYU is, is if they finish in third place, I think that's really good because you're looking at two top 25 teams, two, two teams that were top seven seeds in the NCAA tournament. St. Mary's, remember during the summer, Blaine Fowler said, St. Mary's is the best team in the league going into next year. And I was like, what? And you even said that. And I was like, what? I, they are. Can you underestimate Gonzaga in this league the year after the go to the national championship game? Well, I don't St. Mary's the team to beat in the I, league. I don't think it's so much about underestimating Gonzaga. It's just that St. Mary's returns most of their key parts from a really good team that was a seven seed in last year's NCAA tournament. That is the perfect thing for Mark Few's group. Because he'll sit there and go, hey, these everyone thinks it's St. Mary's league. They How quickly they've forgotten about the Bulldogs. Because guess what's hosted every year here in this building? It's not the West Coast Conference Tournament. It's the Gonzaga Invitational presented by the West Coast Conference where Mark Few and Hosted guys, by Mark Few. Hosted by Mark Few. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, they imagine that Kansas, Gonzaga is Kansas. That's what Steve Cleveland told, told us one of time. Of the Big 12. BYU wants to win a conference championship, and they will in this league at some point. But if Kansas was in the league, would we say, hey, let's try and win a conference title? You'd be like... Let's compete with Kansas. Hey, That's what fun, we would say. Fun fact, BYU on the men's side have never been picked to win the West Coast Conference. Nor now, should they. In the six previous seasons. I don't think that's going to change today. Again, we will tell you 
what those polls are and the All West Coast Conference team in and out. It's going to be St. Mary's or Gonzaga, right? It has to be. Do you know whose fault it is? All of this in the West Coast Conference? It's Jimmer's. I knew you were going to go. Jimmer's senior year, BYU beat St. Mary's in a tournament in Texas, buzzer beater, or close game down the stretch. Jimmer hit a three. And then Gonzaga, BYU uh, blew him out in the second round. So then BYU comes in the league, Jimmer's gone, it's like, oh, shoot, we lost our big gun, and uh, they're all ticked. <laughs> and they have been ever <laughs> since. It's fantastic. But it's going to be a second, uh, great second hour. Mark Few is going to join us. Randy Bennett will join us. Dave Rose will join us. How so about stay, that trifecta? Hang with us. Yeah. Hang with us. Absolutely. Now, we've talked about the leading scorer for BYU basketball. At least we are projecting today because we love to do that on this show. And it always works out well for us. Yeah, we we've project. never missed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Like, like uh, Nick Emery from three. We've never missed. Jerem Jordan is going with Nick Emery to lead BYU basketball in scoring this year. I think TJ Haas will be the guy. There will be four guys that will be consistently up there, I think, all season long. What do you think? Hashtag BYUSN. And who will lead BYU in game number one against Mississippi Valley State? Countdown to the Delta Delta. 23 days. MJ. 23. 23 days. Yeah. Three weeks from Saturday. Three weeks from Saturday. Wow. Cougar tip-off next Wednesday. Exciting. It's happening, Jerem. Isn't this this is this is the trip and the week that we needed? BYU basketball we, in Vegas. We all needed this. Media you days, needed this. We needed this. And BYU football beating East Carolina <laughs> this Saturday and getting off the Schneid. We need that too, man. Holy cow. Let's keep things rolling on Twitter. We're not quite to football yet. We'll get there in a little bit. It's about basketball right now. Hashtag BYUS and join us on BYU Sports Nation. Who will lead BYU hoops in scoring this season? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. Methinks at Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94 agrees with Jerem Jordan. Nick Emery, last year was an off year, but I bet he put in the work and will be back better than ever. He'll go off this year. Yeah, he's capable of going crazy at any point. That's true. Hey, coming up, BYU versus East Carolina. Oh, it's movie trailer worthy, and we have the trailer coming up. Super Bowl champion coach Brian Billick joins us for our weekly chat. Is this the week that BYU puts an end to a losing streak 49 years in the making? This is BYU Sports Nation. 49 years. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to Studio V in Las Vegas. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation jumping right now on Twitter. You know the drill. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN when you want to talk with us. It is a two-hour show today, and in the second hour, we will uh, release the coaches poll and the preseason all-conference teams as well as chat with St. Mary's head coach Randy Bennett, Gonzaga's Mark Few, BYU's Dave Rose, your boy Luke Worthington. It's a loaded second hour as well, so stay with us. We're going all the way up to 2 Eastern time. Who will lead BYU basketball in scoring this season? That is our Twitter question of the day at our Green Hot Tweets in TJ Haas. Time for the Ginger Ninja to lead this team. <laughs> he has a few nicknames, right? Yeah. The Ginger Mamba, the Ginger Ninja, the two most popular. Yeah. And I agree. I think he's. Do we the have guy. one that's non ginger something? Like, does it have to be ginger? Oh. <sighs> 
I don't know. I, yeah, I get it. It's just yeah. part of it, right? I get it. It's just part of it. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, our good friend, Super Bowl champion coach, BYU football alumnus, and all-around good guy, Brian Billick. Follow him at Coach Billick on the Twitter machine. Coach, we're in Las Vegas at the West Coast Conference Basketball Media Days. We needed the football timeout, so do you want to talk some basketball with us? <laughs> Well, yeah, when things are struggling like that, you're always looking for the next season. So how, how's you going to be in basketball this year? Well, the league is loaded. Gonzaga just went to the national championship game last year. They're always good. St. Mary's is a top 25 team. Could be the preseason number one. We'll see here in the next hour. So, BYU hopefully can finish in the top three there. That's the hope. Well, that's saying a lot. That's good. Uh, I, I tell you what, some of my fondest memories are going to the Big Mac and uh, seeing some good basketball. In fact, on my honeymoon, I brought my wife back to Utah to go to a BYU basketball game, BYU-Utah basketball game. Now, you just brought up an old nickname that's not maybe known to the younger folks, the Big Mac, because it looked like a Big Mac from the outside. <laughs> Can you give us an idea of kind of you, you were around, you know, when it was brand new and whatnot, the Marriott Activity yeah, Center? Yeah, I'm that I'm I'm that old. Uh, that it, it was actually new. They had just opened it up. The magnificent arena, of course, and uh, obviously it was a Mac, and so everybody called it the Big Mac, and uh, it was great, boy. When that thing gets rocking, and you get uh, you know some good games going in there. Uh, I used to when I was uh, playing. That was back when you used to get what they called laundry money. They used to get like fifteen bucks a month laundry money cash that, that the, the the school could give you, but you had to work for it. And you did. So my job, I had a great job my senior year. I got to guard the officials at basketball games. Oh, you know, nice. they, used to walk, they used to walk. The officials' locker room was right there in the tunnel. It was all about 10 feet. And they went from there onto the court and the court back to the locker room. And uh, uh, Dave Matera and I, I think it was, used to sit and uh, would sit and walk the, the 10 feet with the officials onto the field, uh, onto the court, and then back off the court. It was a pretty good gig. Oh, that's fantastic. Brian Billick with us on BYU Sports Nation. How good was BYU basketball in that atmosphere if you wanted to take your wife back on your honeymoon to a basketball and did game? You, did you watch Chris Mitchell play in person? Uh, you know what? That was a little before me. Okay. I'm not quite that old, I don't think. Uh, but I did, I did, I did. I mean, obviously, that was a big. And, and that was a time when we did have a lot of foreign players come in. Had a lot of foreign uh, uh, people on the track uh, track team as well. Uh, they used to recruit nationally, internationally, I should say. Uh, yeah, we came back on a ski uh, ski uh, uh, honeymoon uh, after I got married and uh, had to take it a BYU-Utah game. It was great. It was a buzzer oh. beater at the end. Oh, fantastic. I think when Spencer originally uh, brought up the question, we were kidding, but we have actually talked basketball for about two minutes, which was pretty awesome. There's nothing you can't handle, Coach. <laughs> we put you, you on got the spot. It. You yeah, got it. You knocked it out of the park. Okay, now we'll, now we'll get to football. East Carolina, not good on defense. The nation's worst defense, as a matter of fact. 50 points allowed a game and 600 yards. If BYU is going to do something well on offense, it has to be this week, right? Yeah, you would think so, but boy, is that a lot of pressure now? <laughs> You're right. They, you know, I'm not real familiar with ECU, you know, and obviously they are struggling. I mean, right now BYU is just struggling to find that identity. Uh, you know, obviously Mississippi State was good, but when a team can just physically manhandle you that way, run the ball the way they Mississippi State did, boy, it's just it's an empty feeling. There's not much you can do, and and BYU is just not that good right now. And so it's really all about, we talked about last week, you got to give these young people something to hang their hat on, try to just find individually and collectively a way to get better. Uh, take on the challenge one week at a time. Don't, don't carry the sins of uh, the past games in. Don't worry about the future. 
if this is a matchup, obviously you got to find where those matchups are and, uh, yeah, try to find something you can hang your hat on, some rhythm in the running game, or uh, maybe some big explosive passes down the field. Brian, the, the team quickly dismisses the idea that the BYU schedule is much easier in the back six, which there's no Power 5 team and there's no Group of 5 team that is – five of the six are have losing records, whatnot. They're more on BYU's level, I think, at this point in terms of record and production. Why wouldn't it get at least a little better? Because BYU dismisses that idea quickly, maybe out of respect for each of the opponents. But I look at the schedule and I go, listen, BYU should have some more success. Well, when you're sitting there, what is it, one in five or something like that? Yeah, you don't, you don't, it, that, 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 that falls on deaf ears to say, oh, yeah, this second half of the schedule is going to be easier. You, you just don't think like that. And again, what, we're a league of, okay, it's all about this week. We don't look beyond this week. And this, this week's opponent has had some difficulties. We've got to take advantage of it. You look at the film, and you see some things that, that concern you, and that's what you've got to keep your team focused on. But I can't imagine anybody on the BYU football team right now feels like they can overlook anybody. Did you see anything on the field last week in Starkville when BYU played at Mississippi State that makes you feel like the offense is starting to do something positive and maybe could turn a corner here in this week or the next few weeks? Well, it comes back to the same thing. You know, they've got to run the ball better. They've got to fit up better. They've got to better on third down. You've got to keep drives alive, obviously. And as we talked about, you've got to find a way to develop explosive plays. I mean, it is so hard, whether it's the college game, the pro game, to think that you're going to go 10, 12 play drives on a consistent basis. This is a game of turnovers and big plays. Uh, and uh, unless you can be so physically overwhelming that you run the ball, and particularly against the team like you saw with Mississippi State, that was capable of just running the ball at will. That is an empty, empty feeling for a team. And, and you got to find a way to counteract that. you got to come up with big plays. You know, we, we used to have a number count. If we didn't generate a play of 20 yards or more within a play count of about 10, because they're going to happen organically as well, then you had to try to, you had to, try to make something happen. Uh, otherwise, you just slowly bleed to death trying to be conservative, efficient, you just got to find some way to generate, to change the field position, if not to come up with a score. Bloodletting was cool in like the 1400s. Not cool in 2017 offense for BYU, that's for sure. BYU is going two time zones away to East Carolina. When you went from Baltimore all the way west to play the Seahawks, the Niners, the Raiders, and whatnot, did you treat that differently or in a certain way so that the travel didn't affect the product on the field? You do, and sometimes as a coach you do too much. You know, it's well documented. The West Coast, East Coast, that's a tough one because the time changing teams on the West Coast seem to struggle a little bit more on the East Coast than the East Coast teams going West. At the end of the day, it's, it, are you a good team or not? You know, teams that are good teams tend to travel well and play well. Um, I remember as, because we were the extremes when we were going to San Diego or Seattle or San Francisco, that East Coast to West Coast. I remember one year I tried to, all the schedules were, I tried to keep the players on body time. And so every time was listed in West Coast slash East Coast times just to give them a sense of, see, this is, this is if it's 6 o'clock on the East Coast, on the West Coast, then, then it's 9 o'clock on the East Coast. So this is what you'd be doing. And finally, Ray Lewis came to me and said, Coach, I don't, I don't know if I'm coming or going. I don't know what time I'm – I don't know if it's East Coast, West Coast. If I'm supposed to be there at this time or that time, you're killing me with these schedules. So I, <laughs> I learned that it was, it was okay, I'll, I'll try to simplify this for you if you can. 
But as a coach, yeah, you try to keep it on as best you can on body time. I always worried more a little bit about when I had to make an, a West Coast run or an East Coast run, depending upon where I was at. Um, the following week, you had to give your players a chance to kind of get back on body time. The game itself, they'll they'll work into that. It'll be fine. But the schedule that they get on when they come back from a East Coast or West Coast run, which where I tried to put more attention on. At Coach Billick on Twitter. Coach, I always love this question because it changes sometimes from a week-to-week basis. Who's the best team in the National Football League right now? Well, everybody's coming back to the middle, aren't they? I mean, uh, you got some outliers like Cleveland and San Francisco, obviously. But uh, whether it's Kansas City, whether it's New England, everybody is showing their warts, so to speak. You have a team like Pittsburgh the last week against uh, uh, Jacksonville. You're wondering, well, how good is this team? And then they come out and they beat Kansas City in Kansas City. What was impressive last week is the wins that we had some teams that were on the road. You know, New York beating Denver on the, in Denver. How do you account for that? Chicago beating Baltimore in Baltimore. Um, so what it tells you is the league is all coming back to the middle. There are some good teams. Good matchup this week. We got Philadelphia and Washington, which is going to be an excellent game. Uh, that obviously Atlanta and New, New England. And New England's kind of, it's funny, New England after the early losses, they're kind of under the radar right now. But they're getting back to playing pretty good, although their defense has really given up way too many. We talk about big plays. They're 29th in the league and big, giving up big plays. That's got to change. Um, so, yeah, we got a lot. Of, I think we got a lot of pretty good teams. Some people think that's the reason why viewing is off. It's down about 7 8%, notwithstanding all the controversy about the knee or take a knee and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the, the, uh, the, the viewership was down about 8% last year. So I know people in the league are concerned. Part of it is that they feel like the league is kind of muddled in this mediocrity that there are no really great teams. Coach, you are in postseason form in the midseason. We appreciate the time, whether it's BYU basketball, football, or the NFL. Great stuff. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, guys. Brian Billick on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Coming up, the West Coast Conference Commissioner Lynn Holzman will join us. And we continue with our BYUSN premiere of BYU at ECU in movie trailer form. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere you feel like it. Jeremy, it feels like a good time to bring out some breaking news. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Mark your calendars, BYU and East Carolina. Yes, they will play this week in Greenville, but have announced an additional home and home football series, or if you're Jerem Jordan, so a home, home and road football series. Ah, yeah. First game scheduled for October 15th, 2022 in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The Pirates will come to Provo again. And in 2024, BYU will return the trip to Greenville on October 19th. That's today in seven years. Seven years so, from today. So basically yeah. this week-ish uh, in you know seven and nine years, or what? what is it? No, I can't do the math. Five and seven years. Yeah. So, East Carolina. I, I like this setup. It's, it's a place where BYU's never been, literally never gone to the Carolinas. Okay. Uh, East Carolina in 2015. That was a great game. 45-38. Tanner Mangum limps back onto the field, wins the game for BYU. So, there you go. Pirates. Boom. Interesting. Will Tanner Mangum be limping back onto the field in Greenville to lead BYU Hopefully to a win limping. against the Pirates? Hopefully the ankle's better. 
Tom Homo said this, we've enjoyed the opportunity to play teams from the American Athletic Conference, including the current series with East Carolina. ECU is a great matchup, and it was an easy decision to schedule another series with them. It provides our team with a unique travel opportunity, which you talked to. To go to the 51st state of the U.S., East Carolina. Yeah, yeah, you referenced that. (laughs) It gives Cougar fans who live in the southeast another opportunity to see BYU play, end quote. Yeah, East Carolina was in Conference USA. They joined the AAC a couple years ago. They've been on the rise. They've been down the last couple years. They're a team that uh, produced some pretty high-octane offenses, so I like it. I, some people want BYU to be, to, to be in the AAC. I don't think it's great geographically. Competitively, it'd be fine, but there's enough AAC teams on the schedule, I think. If you missed our headlines then we should remind you that BYU football is East Coast bound today. Destination, Greenville, North Carolina. The two-time zone travel curse. Dun, dun, dun. Does that affect BYU for Saturday night showdown at East Carolina? Seven Eastern kickoff in, I almost said East Carolina, in, in North Carolina. East Carolina. East Carolina. Exactly. And uh, coming up this week, uh, tomorrow, in fact, our interview with Scotty Montgomery, the head coach of the Pirates. West Coast Conference Basketball Media Days continue here in Las Vegas. Day two today on the men's side, preseason coaches poll, and all conference teams coming out uh, in the next hour. Stay tuned to uh, get that info. Yesterday, the women's poll and team came out. Gonzaga, the team to beat, followed by St. Mary's, then BYU, West Coast Conference Player of the Year, Cassie Broadhead DeVagere. There you go. Was the only Cougar on the 10-player all-conference preseason team. She was the conference player of the year in 2016-17. Indeed. So not a shock. Daniel Sorensen and the 5-1 Kansas City Chiefs take on the Oakland Raiders in Thursday night. Why are the Raiders Football. record in there? Uh, the 2-4 and four Oakland Raiders, is that right? <laughs> our producer Ben Bagley is a Raiders fan. He may have said some uh, spiteful words into our ears. Sorensen currently second on his Kansas City team in tackles with 32 this season. And women's soccer plays 13th ranked in West Coast Conference top team Pepperdine tonight, 9 Eastern time, live on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. That's a really big game for the I'll ladies be there. at Southfield. I will be there. That is the hope. Vegas this morning, <laughs> Provo tonight. Yes. <laughs> Jeremy. This is one of my favorite traditions on BYU Sports Nation. Yeah. Whenever we have a peak moment in a BYU football season. Whenever the stakes are highest. It requires that next level preparation yes. from us on yeah. set or not, in studio or in Vegas. It's not just about the team, okay? It's about Team Brigham, okay? And we're part of this. So when the stakes are high and the storylines are compelling and rich, as Ron Burgundy would say. This summons a, a segment that we must do. And we waited until BYU was 1-6 and six to do it. It is a movie trailer. <laughs> Hit the music. Saturday is the biggest game in the history of BYU football as two 1-6 teams face off in a battle unlike any other. In the Cougars' first venture into the Carolinas, BYU seeks an opportunity to break a six-game losing streak against the nation's worst defense. No, seriously, ECU gives up 50 a game. 50. (laughs) Tyler Magnum and the nation's third-worst offense are out for Pirate Booty. Which team will snap a losing streak while the other makes Christmas plans without a bowl game? It's BYU and ECU, Saturday at 7 Eastern time. Rated R for extreme violence. Yeah, let's go, man. (laughs) Let's go. One and six, Carolinas. Which team's going to be packing for a bowl game versus unpacking a Christmas present instead? Or which or team will at least have 
the thought of still being able to pack for a bowl game. Yeah, even if BYU wins this game, uh, you got to beat San Jose State. Hope remains. And, th- and then Fresno State is like, like all in, let's go. Yeah. BYU ECU. I just want to point out that <laughs> Tyler Magnum, Tyler Magnum, that premier, he great actor. Also, Pirate Booty yeah. made it into our epic Thursday trailer. Yeah, like it, it's it. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a chi- it's not a chip, but it's a it's a snack. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. The, there's the double meaning there. Right, you go. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah, it's great. It is delicious. BYU ECU Saturday at seven Eastern. <laughs> you, you know what's funny? Tanner Mangum came out Tuesday and talked to the media, and he had glasses on. Clark so, Kent. So I was like. Did Tanner turn into Tyler Magnum? Like, is this, yeah, is this Clark Magnum? Is this Tyler Magnum? Is this his alter ego? Ankles healthy, group of five team. He's 10 and 1, by the way, as a starter against group of five teams. And he's 0 and 7 against power five teams. So, six six group of five teams there. By the way, the whole, like, should we play Joe Critchlow and whatnot? Ed Lamb on Coordinator's Quarter Monday said, we as a team have met, and we think that Tanner Mangum gives us the best chance to win. Period. The end. There's no, like, let's get Joe Critchlow in there. Period. The end. Yes. So something happened. Like, what happened? Because there was all this convo, like, Joe Critchlow, let's see. Let's get him some reps. Was it based on Tanner's ankle? I'll tell you what happened. Cooler heads prevailed, and Ty Detmer brought logic to the room and said, Tanner Mangum is going to be the guy. We have put the most time and effort into him, and his ankle is getting better. Now, that's always right now, because that can quickly – trust me, that can quickly change. They're trying to win right now. He needs to bring it. He needs to bring it. Who cares about the future? The top three coaches in the league will be on set. Mark Few, Randy Bennett, and Dave Rose. WCC Commissioner Lynn Holzman will join us next here from Studio V in Vegas. What does a run to the Final Four do for a conference? Gives you money. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Las Vegas, Studio V, Studio B South, whatever you want to call it. This is our day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. The biggest game in the history of BYU football is Saturday. You can watch Countdown to Kickoff, 6 Eastern time on BYU TV in the app. As two one and six teams go out. No, seriously, the loser won't go to a bowl game. Those the stakes are high. Most likely, BYU right? needs to win this game. Like, I'm, I'm just calling it. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be tough. I don't think. Yeah, BYU needs to win this game. They need it. You'll be on the sidelines. You're all over the place this week. That I am. I went, Provo, Vegas, Greenville, it's, it's Greenville. I've been in Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, Utah, Arizona, Nevada, and will be in North Carolina. Give me some tomorrow. of those points, bro. <laughs> Our Twitter question today, not dealing with travel or football, but basketball, because we are in Vegas at the Orleans Arena. Who will lead BYU basketball in scoring this season at 86? W.I. Cook says, I think BYU will have five players, five, average 12 to 17 a game. Five's ambitious. Wow. Between Emery, Haas, Childs, Bryant, and Celius, with four, Haas leading the way. Four is more realistic. Yes. Yeah, and four would be good. Four at 12 a game would be good. Yeah, I, yeah. We'll see how it all shakes out. But we talked about expectations. Five is quite yesterday. ambitious. Yeah, we talked about expectations. Remember, Manage BYU's not Terry Nashup's not running. Uh, you know, fifty nine thousand offensive plays. Joining us now is the commissioner of the West Coast Conference, Lynn Holzman, who knows how to score the basketball in her own right. Lynn, nice to have you back in up, Vegas in October. I know. I get to see you guys twice this year. Yes, you do. What a privilege for both I, of us. I don't know if I should apologize or say <laughs> you're welcome. Well, for that. jury's still out. We'll see. <laughs> Why did you feel like this year was 
the day to make it a two-day adventure for West Coast Conference basketball with the media gathering? Well, there's, a, I would say, several factors that contributed to us bringing our tip-off event here to Vegas. The first is the, it's the 10th anniversary of the West Coast Conference Men's and Women's Basketball Championships being here in Vegas at the Orleans Arena. So obviously that being a monumental anniversary, we wanted to make sure that as we, um, throughout the year here, as we lead up to that awesome event, that we're doing everything to get people pumped for it more than we even normally would. The Las Vegas community has been a tremendous supporter, as you all know. Um, the Over the past five years, when we were doing our tip-off event down at Spectrum Studios in L.A., which is a, one of our great regional sport network partners, um, you know, it was time for a refresh, frankly. I think it was. I think that as we continue to, our programs continue to get better, both on the men's and women's side, and we have the media attention, and as we work with our schools to gather content so we can promote our programs throughout the year and our student-athlete stories, we needed um, to refresh the event. We needed to allow our coaches and our student-athletes to be featured in a different way. The 10th anniversary gave us a great opportunity to capitalize that coming to Vegas, and the Orleans being a great partner took care has taken care of us. We were able to new logo, get the court down, everything. And all indication is it's going to be an awesome day, too. What can we expect today uh, in basketball media day number two? Yesterday was number one. And how'd it go yesterday? Yeah, yeah. yesterday, we, we, as you know, and you guys were, um, were broadcasting yesterday with the women here. Um, it was, we heard a lot of great feedback from our coaches and our student athletes. Uh, you know, separating the men and the women, you know, there's, you could look at it many different ways. But yesterday, what we heard from the women is that they felt um, more special, sure. if you will, because we spent time with them the whole day. And, and through social media and others, it was, it, we were featured and highlighting our women's programs. Today, similarly on the men's side, um, we're able to capitalize on what we've done in the past and really get those stories out there. And as I said, gather content we're able to use throughout the year. So today with the media presence that we have both national, regional, um, we have individuals that are going to be uh, the the talking heads as we broadcast our games that are here, that they have a chance to sit down and one-on-one -on -one get, get to talk to our coaches and talk about where their programs are at, the student athletes, and that's just going to help us throughout the season. West Coast Conference Basketball Media Day, day number two. We are talking with West Coast Conference Commissioner Lynn Holzman. I'm going to ask you a general question, and you can go any direction you want with it, but if you had to pinpoint one thing that's happening right now in the West Coast Conference that has you the most excited, what is it right now? Uh, I think what I'm most excited about right now in the West Coast Conference is that we have been we're, we've been working over the last couple years and we're getting to this place where we are going to I think our programs are going to absolutely explode and really take a big step forward. So I'll just talk specifically about men's basketball because it's the case I think throughout many of our sport programs. It starts with leadership at the top. And our presidents, as they have worked with our athletic directors in some of our programs that were stagnant or took some steps back, you know, five, six years ago, there's either been leadership changes or there's been um, a recommitment, if you will, to invest in our men's basketball programs. And we're seeing that with some of the strides that programs like Santa Clara and San Francisco made last year. And then we have our Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU. So if this year we're able to show that we've made a big stride in being five, legitimately five programs deep, and we're able to continue to build on that over the course of the next couple of years, that 
further legitimizes our conference that we have par- competitive parity and that we will continue to solidify ourselves as a multi-bid league for the NCAA championship and that our programs will be higher seeded and they're going to go further. So the combination of those things excites me yeah. because these aren't things that happen overnight, but we've seen progress. We're seeing these, this progress taking place and we cannot go backwards on it. And then the other programs that the other five programs or whatever, they're also, they're getting there. They're just a few more steps behind. And you want everybody to come up, but it's nice to have a team that goes to the national championship game, goes to the final four. What was the biggest (laughs) benefit of having Gonzaga go that far last year? Um, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone. I mean, I mean, you go to the final four, the championship game, and but for a, a few ways the ball bounced or a few things that happened in the game, we'd be sitting here talking about a national championship team. Um, their run was phenomenal. St. Mary's also, the, the run they had this year and how they've positioned their program for um, this upcoming season. But the success last year in those programs, we had two teams in the top 25 the entire year. So wow. we got to make sure that storyline continues. And we have on the brink, as I just said, you know, th- these other programs. So we have to capitalize on that was a storyline, but you can't rest on your laurels by any means. Um, you know, going into the season, you, you have Gonzaga and St. Mary's again that are um, – depending on what poll you look at, but are both ranked in the top 25. So how do you, um, for us, it's, you know, capitalizing and continuing to talk about um, what West Coast Conference men's basketball is all about and the fact that we had this program that went that far in the, in the championship, uh, in, the, in the tournament itself. Um, but you can't keep talking about the past. You gotta, we got to really talk about the programs now. But what does it do? When we're talking to the committee about getting our teams into the tournament, you know, it's a different conversation when, when they know that you have this team that went that far. Oh, and by the way, we have this other team in the top 25. And Gonzaga, as they're playing a BYU, um, and if they happen to lose that game against BYU or, these, the three, or the, the other um, or the closeness of the other games, the competitiveness, it, as I said, just legitimizes the conference. And it allows us to really have different conversations, talk to the media differently, talk to the committee, the selection committee differently. And... Um, the storyline is different, so but you got to back it up. Volleyball, soccer, cross country, all in full swing right now yep. across the West Coast Conference. Pepperdine ranked number thirteen. They'll be on BYU TV tonight. BYU women's volleyball, a top ten team. San Diego, a top twenty team uh, on the women's volleyball side. BYU men's cross country just jumped up to number two. Number two, yep. Uh, what's the overall status of of exposure for sports outside of basketball for the West Coast Conference right now? You know, obvi- I mean, with all those successes, the the status is is great because. Uh, at the beginning of the, the fall season this year, across many of our sports, we already had we had multiple teams rank, ranked in the top 25. Um, as happens and why we play the games, there's some that have pr- performed better and there's some that have performed a little, um, maybe not as well as we all expected. And there's a lot of factors for that, injuries and otherwise. But where we sit right now with those programs are soccer's, both men's and women's soccer, knowing BYU doesn't have men's soccer, but still our men's and women's soccer's, our men's and women's cross countries, our women's volleyball. We have teams ranked throughout all of those, and it's and so as we are looking for not just getting teams and more than one team in those sports into the NCAA tournaments, it's that we want a legitimate opportunity to compete for national titles. So that's the big big next step. The 
across what I love about the West Coast Conference is that, you know, initially for a college sport fan, it may be about men's basketball, but we're able to then you can start talking about the success that we have across all of our other sports, all the way to our softball and, and baseball as well in the spring. Um, we have an awesome story here. And there, if, if someone can point out to me another non-autonomy, if you will, non-Big Five conference that has this type of success across all of their sports and the depth consistently year after year. Show me. Yeah, it is. So no one compares. This is one of the best. You're saying, if not the best, we are. We are one of. We are one of the best. And our and our student Just saying, athletes. We're the best. We are the best. There we go. We're the best. <laughs> and our student athletes perform in the classroom and the graduate. Okay. I mean, it's it's what the West Coast Conference is about. I mean, it's 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 what's everything right about college sports. And we look forward to the addition of football uh, here in the next couple of years. Right? <laughs> so San Diego and BYU by themselves. <laughs> yeah, so I hear. <laughs> a two-team conference, yes. Lynn, great to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks for having us in Las Vegas. Thanks a lot. Always right. good to have the commish. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. You yeah, know? Exactly. Bringing it. We're the best, okay? We are the best. Clip that yeah. off. Send it yeah. out to the masses. Confidence. I love it. Who will lead BYU basketball in scoring this season? That is our Twitter question. Your response is coming up. And coming up in hour two, three of the biggest – and best coaches in the league. Oh, Dave Rose, Randy Bennett, Mark View, all on set. Am I supposed Not to be impressed the same time, by though. those three? Well, <laughs> we I am. At the same time, would be legit. The Cougar whip around hits next as well, including who owns the title of fastest BYU baseball player? Oh, that's interesting. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to our guests of our number one, West Coast Conference Commissioner Lynn Holzman just joined us, and Super Bowl champion Brian Billick of the NFL Network. Check out his show, Playbook, Wednesdays, 6 Eastern. If you miss any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up uh, in the next hour, Dave Rose, Luke Worthington, Randy Bennett, Mark Few. Also tomorrow, Dennis Pitta, East Carolina head coach, Scotty Montgomery. It is loaded, and so is the whip. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU football is East Coast bound to the mythical state of East Carolina, Greenville, North Carolina, the home of that. Today's Cougars <laughs> travel the dreaded two time zones in preparation for that game. BYU and East Carolina have announced an additional home and road football series. That's Thank for you, you Jerem. Thank you. First game scheduled for October 15, 2022 in Provo at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU will return that trip to Greenville, North Carolina on October 19th of 2024. That's seven years from today. Men's basketball. So West Coast Conference Basketball Media Days here in Las Vegas uh, with the men's side and the preseason poll and all conference team being announced tomorrow, or sorry, in uh, 15 minutes. Yesterday, the women's side was announced. BYU picked third, and Cassie Broadhead DeVagere was the only Cougar on the all-conference team. Cougars in the NFL. Daniel Sorensen and the 5-1 Kansas City Chiefs take on the 2-4 Oakland Raiders tonight in Thursday night football. Sorensen currently second on his Kansas City team in total tackles with 32 on the season. Soccer. The women's team plays its 13th-ranked Pepperdine tonight. Pepperdine's top team in the league right now. 9 Eastern time on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the Eps. Volleyball. Eighth-ranked BYU women's volleyball looking to defend its undefeated conference record at Pepperdine at 10 Eastern. Tennis. Men's tennis players Jeffrey Sue, Sean Hill, and Sam Tillis helped BYU advance to the ITA Regional Tournament. Uh, in that tournament, the men's team continues to uh, move on in singles consolation bracket this afternoon. 
Cougars overseas. Jennifer Hampson had five points and five rebounds, couple assists for the Sydney Flames in a 66-63 win over the Townsville Fire. Baseball. Who knew the Cougars held a pro day yesterday at Miller Park? Two dozen Major League scouts in attendance. Very cool. Sophomore Cam Richens ran the fastest 60-yard dash. That's the kind of standard in baseball. 6.5 seconds. Pretty quick. Pitcher Jordan Wood clocked at 92 with his fastball. Soccer. And the BYU men's soccer team beat Weber State 3-1. to one. Take that, Damian Lillard. That's what we've got. Yeah. <laughs> Our Twitter question today, who will lead BYU hoops in scoring this season? At Drake Pintail says, Nick Emery is the shooter. Dave Rose needs to turn him loose. TJ Haas sees the court more all-around player with his defense and ball handling. So... A vote for Nick Emery. I, you know, I pick Nick. I don't know who's going to lead BYU. Does it really matter? Because I think that BYU is going to have four guys in double figures and and a fifth guy on the on the fringe, which to me will be Zach Selyus. There I think be, your four returning starters are going to be in double figures. There will be at least five BYU players that lead BYU in scoring in a game this season. At least five. Yeah. At least. Yeah. I. One night, it's Elijah Bryant. Another, it's Nick Emery. Another, it's T.J. House. Another, it's Yoli Childs. Another, it's Zach Selyus. Like, and maybe somebody else. We'll see. Does Dalton Nixon go uh, off? Emerge as this, uh, you know, bench player that can be have a role for BYU. And who knows? Like, it's sports. Injuries happen. Guys get better. Some guys don't get better. Um, so I'm interested to see this BYU team. Last year, a lot of hype. I'm excited to go into this season with like zero expectation and go. Okay, what is this team? Who is this team? When do they emerge? When do they peak? Can they be competitive in league? Can they get to Vegas and have a great semifinal game and get to Tuesday night and just see what happens? That's my hope for this. Yeah, I want to watch the junior college transfers too, specifically Jasheer Hartnett. Yeah. What does he bring from Chipola College out of Florida? Maybe he leads the Cougars in scoring one night. Who knows? Could be. Who knows? At Big Blue Eye, TJ Haas. First, because he's a Haas, and second, he averaged 13 points per game as a freshman. Hopefully the curse of Tanner Mangum doesn't apply. That you're good as a freshman and you're not the same? Is that a reference to that? I don't know. I'm going to give him the second half of the season to kind of play it out. Hour number two of BYU Sports Nation coming up with a trifecta of coaching awesomeness. The head coach at BYU, Dave Rose, AP Coach of the Year in 2017, Gonzaga's Mark Few, and St. Mary's head coach Randy Bennett makes his debut, Jerem. We will show him uh, somehow St. Mary's face. We really want to go there? Yeah, we're doing that, aren't we? We talked about doing that, didn't we? Here we go. BYU Sports Nation, hour two on the way. Next on BYU Sports Nation, hour two on day two of West Coast Conference Basketball Media Madness, live from Las Vegas. Our second hour is packed with the top three coaches in the league. Dave Rose, St. Mary's Randy Bennett, and Gonzaga's Mark Few. How about that trifecta? Plus the preseason all-West Coast Conference men's basketball teams. And who's picked to win the league? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now live from the WCC Basketball Media Days in Las Vegas, Nevada, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live for hour number two, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio V, Las Vegas, the BYU store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, our proud sponsor. Thursday, October 19th, 
Again, if one hour is good, two hours are better. At least we think so. Wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan of The Gram. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. That's Instagram, The Gram. It's a thing. Just embrace it. Or not. Whatever. It's a revolution is what you called it. Yeah, exactly. And, and will there be a revolution today in the West Coast Conference? Will St. Mary's be the team to beat despite Gonzaga having gone to the national championship game? That's the question. We'll find out with the poll here coming up in just a few minutes. Who is the team to beat preseason? Which BYU players, if any, are on the all-West Coast Conference preseason team? How many from St. Mary's? How many from Gonzaga? You have to think that they are going to have a majority of the players given what they did last year. We'll get to all of that. Hey, we'll see, man. There's a lot of talent in the league. We will get to all of that. In fact, we should talk with a guy who knows a thing or two about West Coast Conference basketball. He's been on the show multiple times. Yes. Our good friend Roxy Bernstein is here What's up, to help Roxy? us celebrate Hi guys. media days in Vegas. What's up, man? It's a little bit different being in Vegas this year as opposed to the last number of years we've done it in L.A., but it's, it's cool being in Vegas. It is. Side of the tournament, you know, it just yeah. kind of gets everybody revved up. Listen, we're stoked because BYU doesn't have a fall break on campus, and BYU football is 1-6, and six, so we're like, yeah, let's talk hoops, man. Yo, but I got a lot <laughs> of interest in the game this weekend because San Jose State, the head coach of San Jose State and I grew up together. Oh, no so kidding. So we grew up playing Little League, soccer. We went to school together, played high school football together for one year. So I kind of have an interest in, next in the matchup. game on yeah. BYU TV. Yes. Yeah. See? We'll be there ready. We go. Connection. Uh, <laughs> see, it's all intertwined. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, as one of the primary play-by-play guys for the West Coast Conference, when you step back and look at what Gonzaga did last year and what St. Mary's brings back and then all the question marks surrounding BYU and teams like San Francisco, who's the best team in the West Coast Conference going into the new season? Well, on paper, I I think you have to go with St. Mary's. I I know that the Zags went to the championship game last year and were awfully close to to winning it all. Um, But I think you have to give the edge to St. Mary's because of what they have coming back. When you look at Jock Landale, Calvin Hermanson, Emmett Nard, starts with those guys. They're veteran players in this league, and they know how to win. And there's still a lot of talent at Gonzaga. BYU's got a lot of talent also. Um, To me, those are the top three teams. Again, I don't see at this point a team that could supplant one of them and put BYU or Gonzaga down to four. Welcome back to Hour 2 of West Coast Conference Basketball Media Madness in Las Vegas, live from the Orleans Arena. This is BYU Sports Nation, nationally simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We are with ESPN play-by-play man and good friend of the program, Roxy Bernstein, discussing the current state of West Coast Conference basketball, Roxy. And uh, before that last break, we had started to discuss the possibility of underestimating Gonzaga a year after they played in the national championship game? It just makes me laugh, the idea of like, hey, St. Mary's is the team to beat, and Mark Few's going, yeah, 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 keep keep saying that, keep saying that. I think it's going to be a fun race. And it's probably frustrating, Randy Bennett, that people are putting them up and saying, oh, this is the year, because you know it's going to irk Gonzaga. (laughs) That Wait wait a second, they pick St. Mary's to win the league if that's how the, the media poll comes out. The year after we go to the national championship, this this can't be right. Like your peak year, and then you're exactly. not even the, you were the second best team nationally. Now you're the second best team in your league, and that's not, <laughs> probably not might not sit well in Spokane. People yeah. at the kennel might remember that, but look on paper, I th- you have to give the edge of St. Mary's just because of what they have coming back. We're looking at the coach of the year, however, according to the Associated Press and Mark Few. So what? How does? 
what's his – and we'll ask him this. What do you think his method of motivating his team is with all of this preseason talk in the West Coast Conference? Well, I think it's been a, a tough off season for him just because you get so close to winning the title – and you see it slip away. There was a bad call in the final minute, which they came out on the short end of. And it, it was right there for the taking to get over the hurdle and finally get a championship for Gonzaga. And they were so close. They finally got in the final four, which is a huge step. For yes. Them. But the next step was right there for the taking, and they couldn't get it done. And I think that's kind of sitting with Mark all off season. the motivation for his guys to be that close. And now you're just trying to regroup and, and turn the page, which is not always easy considering the heartbreak and disappointment that you felt last April when you were that close to bringing home a title. The preseason is about knowns. What do we know? We know that St. Mary's lost Joe Rahan and Dan Pinot, but they return uh, Jock Landale and Calvin Hermanson and Emmett Narr and Evan Fitzner and all these guys. So that's known. So it's like, well, they're probably the best. Team. They're loaded. Meanwhile, Gonzaga is Gonzaga. They're going to be good. It's just how good. How good is Brandon Clark, the San Jose State transfer, He's 17 points, 9 rebounds? So there's more unknown there. That doesn't mean St. Mary's is necessarily better. It's just an, uh, the known versus unknown, I think. And then you have the other teams in the league. For example, USF, I thought, made a big step last year, considering not much was expected from Kyle Smith in his first year there. And they went on. They had a nice run through the non-conference. I got to see him over in Hawaii at the diamond head classic where they played very well making it to the championship game and they had some moments last year beat utah i think yeah that, right they did uh, you guys I had to, you bring had to get up. that dig yeah, in there yeah, didn't yeah. you yeah. i was waiting for that <laughs> <laughs> but then you know they're trying to build on that success and they're not, they're not going to catch anybody by surprise this year right because last year i don't think people knew what to expect now they, they kind of know they caught BYU they, yeah. and then i think santa clara it's Herb Sendek in year two now. We'll see what he can do. So the league, the balance of this league is really good to see in terms of the depth because, yes, we know how good the top three teams are, but what's going to make this league a better league is when the bottom of the league is very competitive, and I think we're getting in that direction. I think that Damon Stoudemire can get things going, get some talent in at UOP. Um, we'll see what Mike Dunlap can do. We all know he's a tremendous coach. So I, I think that we need to see the more balance, and I think we will see that this year from the WCC. It's time that we reveal the preseason poll here from West Coast Conference Basketball Media Days, as well as the WCC preseason men's basketball first team or just the team we'll do the poll first are you ready roxy i'm I'm ready leading off as roxy bernstein called saint mary's not a shock nine out of the ten first place votes that means they got the max amount because randy bennett can't vote for himself every other team in the league thinks saint mary's Mary's. wow i'm surprised that it's so if they got nine that means gonzaga got the other one and we know who randy bennett voted for yes we do Yes, we do. Gonzaga number two. Wow. That one first place vote. BYU coming in at 362 points. San Francisco just three points behind BYU. Fourth with 59. Okay. And then the back half, Santa Clara number five. So your top five pretty clear, like you talked about, USF Mm -hmm. and Santa Clara. San Diego at six, Pepperdine at seven, Pacific, Portland, LMU. Your initial reaction to the top ten preseason coaches, Paul Rocks. Well, the first five, I, I agree. I, I, that's how I probably would have voted had I been asked to submit a ballot, which I wasn't. Yeah. Right, this is the coaches. We, we should do our own preseason media poll next. Yeah. The BYU well, Sports Nation. Exactly. Yeah. West Coast Conference you know, preseason you, you, poll. The three of us, Greg Rebell can vote. Casey you know. Jacobson. They can get it. Casey yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Quist who does games at Casey. Yes. You know, there's a bunch yeah. of people that we could The media have. poll. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, for the media, by the media. We'll see how it stacks up against the coaches, too. I think we're on to something here. <laughs> okay. But then the bottom of the league, you know, when you're looking at 6 through 10, it's good to see that San Diego making progress. Lamont Smith, who is, took over a situation where there wasn't much talent. Oh, it was and tough. It was pretty barren in San Diego, even though it's a great place, as we know. Uh, it's an easy place to probably recruit to, too, considering now oh, there's the beach right there. We're in San Diego, America's finest city. So he, he's doing a good job. Uh, I, I like the way Olin Carter has progressed as, as a player. I think he's a go-to guy for San Diego. Um, interested to see how Pacific does here in year two, because I was impressed. I only had one UOP game last year, and I was very, I came away very impressed with how Damon Stoudemire ran his program. So I, I expect him to make some strides also. Well, you bring up Olin Carter the third at San Diego, and he is the first name on the list of the WCC preseason men's basketball all-WCC team, the junior guard out of San Diego. Two BYU players, Yoli Childs and TJ Haas, and then a trifecta from St. Mary's, Hermanson, Jock Landale and Emmett Nahr, not a surprise there. Gonzaga with Josh Perkins and Jonathan Williams. And then Charles Midland from San Francisco and K.J. Fagan of Santa Clara. Those are your 10 players on the all-WCC team. Does, does anybody not get on that list that you feel like should be there? Well, these are all 10 returning players. So it, is Brandon Clark from Gonzaga going he, to be an all-league performer? He, he very well could be. He was be. first team all-Mountain West at yeah, San Jose State. Exactly. And he was highly coveted. And Gonzaga ended up getting him. There's some other schools, uh, some Pac-12 schools I know were interested in Brandon Clark. I believe there are some Big 12 schools interested in also. But as we've seen in the past, Gonzaga has to find a, finds a way to get that talent into Spokane. And here's another one that's going to step in and have an impact on, on their team. I mean, look at the transfers they've had over the years. The impact, for example, Nigel Williams-Goss had last year. That Jonathan Williams had last year. The, the intriguing guy for Gonzaga to me is always Rui Hachimura. I, I think that okay. his talent level, I, mm. there's, there's a guy. Uh, mm. I'm big on Rui. Mm. Okay. Roxy, great stuff, man. We hope you enjoy your uh, brief stay in Las Vegas. Well, no, you got a busy schedule ahead. As always. I was in your neck of the woods. I was over in Salt Lake City the last, a couple nights ago. I did a, a night with the running Utes. I got to see them firsthand. There you so go. So that was interesting. And then I'll see you in Provo when the Utes come to Provo. Okay. When I got my schedule and that was on it, I was pretty pumped. I gotta be honest. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun. I was pretty jacked. We'll see you in Studio B yeah. earlier just that morning. Your, just probably. Just yeah. block it out. You know, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. If you can make it, we'd love to have you in Studio B that day. I'll try to bring Larry Kraskoviak with me. I'll see if he'll <laughs> yeah, come. Yeah, it'll be great. You think people are excited about that return? Oh my <laughs> goodness, Roxy, great to have you, man. Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. Who will lead BYU basketball in scoring this season? That is our Twitter question. Maybe it's one of the two guys on the preseason All WCC team: Yoli Childs or TJ Haas. Or maybe not. We'll chat with the three big dogs in the league. Dave Rose, Randy Bennett, and Mark Few coming up. Plus, Luke Worthington of BYU Basketball joins us. He has NCAA tournament experience. Luke. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Day two of the West Coast Conference Basketball Media Madness. We have your full coverage we are simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation going right now on Twitter. You can follow us at BYU Sports Nation, approaching 22,000 strong. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Countdown to kickoff has your uh, one-hour live pregame show uh, You know, itch. You can scratch it, 6 Eastern time, Saturday night. You'll be live in Greenville as BYU takes on East Carolina. Big game for the Cougars. They needed to get to a bowl game. They need to win this game for a chance. To keep 
real hope alive, right? Yeah. And to snap a six-game losing streak. Let's go. For the first time in 49 years. First time since uh, 1847. BYU has lost six football games in a row. Let's talk basketball some more, shall we? Yes, we shall. Who will lead BYU hoops in scoring this season at Laser Sheep tweets in TJ Haas. I think he's the purest shooter, and we know the three will be a bigger part of the BYU offense. Emory second, hashtag BYUSN. Okay. Where does Luke Worthington fit into this conversation? Somewhere. I think he'll have something to say about that, right? And he joins us now. One of two BYU players that returned with NCAA tournament experience off of a mission. Luke, nice to have you in Vegas, man. What's up, Luke? Thanks. Good to be here. You ready to lead the Cougars in scoring this year? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's my role, but... uh... Yeah, how's your your three-point shot post-mission? Hey, it's actually pretty money. I don't know how many times I'm going to be able to shoot it. Yeah. I think it feels pretty good. Over under one and a half three-point attempts from you this year. One Over over under under one one and a half. half. Maybe you could talk to Coach Rose a little bit. (laughs) He's coming up. See, yeah. Can we get Luke at least two three-point shots? At least two. I just got to get the ball in my hands at the last second of the half. End of the shot clock. End of the shot clock. It's like, oh, it's in my hands. I have to shoot (laughs) it. And then I'll cash it out and be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Luke, uh, you have garnered some attention for, you know, really toning up and, and looking good. How close to peak physical condition in your own mind are you right now? (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I'm very close at all, but I think I've been, I have been very blessed in my time since I've been back. I think I've been able to take advantage of, of the amazing re- resources we have. I mean, one being the staff and then also just the facilities that we have, um, creates easy access for anyone to get in there and get shots up and, and work out. So it's been really nice. What was that like to come back to the annex and the upgraded Marriott center? Unreal. Yeah, unreal. I mean, you can get in there literally anytime you want, which is just something unheard of. If I wanted to get shots up before, who knows? There might have been a devotional, and I'm over in the RB, and I'm wearing a tank top, and so they kick me out. And, you know, you never really know. <laughs> you never knew what you were going to get before. So with the with the annex, it, it makes it really easy, and I feel I feel good. Okay, it's been about a week and a half of kind of the formal, the season-starting practices. How has that gone for the team so far? Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I mean, it's a little intimidating, I think, for anyone as they make that transition to real practice just because of the length of time that you're actually on the court. Um, But our bodies feel good. So it's nice because you know what time of day the main um, brunt of of your workout is coming. With off-season training, you're there in the morning or the afternoon, you're bouncing between a lot of different things, and it's hard to kind of program your body. But once you get into season, you start – um, getting a feel for how things are going to be, and we've been playing really well. So, How would you compare the state of the program when you left to the state of the program right now post-two-year LDS mission? I'm going to start with the word different, <laughs> um, at least. I mean, the coaching staff, the players, just everything's different. I mean, I came back to essentially a completely new roster and new coaching staff, so... It's just been fun to, over the summer, get to know the guys for the most part, um, get a feel for their game, and and then finding your place where you fit in and where you can best contribute. And the good thing about the system that we have put in right now is that everyone's going to contribute. Everyone has a piece to this. And um, you can see how everyone really is essential. And so I I hope that our talents can be on display from the very get-go and that we can be a... 
Um, pretty dynamic team once we hit the floor. To me, it feels like this is the biggest schematic change the BYU's made since Dave Rose took over. Terry Nashif was on the staff in some form the whole time until now. Now Heath Troyer's in. So what kind of difference has he made, and what schematically is different from the team before your mission? Schematically, um, you're going to see a lot more balanced half-court offense. You're going to see some some more clock used. And defensively, there's been a whole re, you know, rehaul, I think, I obviously wasn't here for the past two seasons, so it's hard for me to compare what things looked like last year to this year, but I have watched some games, and I can already tell that the the pace of the game is going to change a lot just due to um, several changes that, that Heath has brought from some of his ideas and that they've collaborated on because the coaching staff works as a team, and I think they've done a really good job. When you say pace, do you mean BYU on offense or on defense even? I think on both ends of the floor. I think because your defense flows into your offense and your offense into your defense. And you see that in practice. The better defense we play, the more stops you get in a row, the more naturally things start to flow on offense. So when we're communicating and playing really well on defense, for whatever reason, magic happens and the shots fall. Let's talk about the stops because Heath Stroy has talked about this thing that is big in the NBA as well, which is let's get three stops in a row mm-hmm. three different times. A That's kill. kind of the goal. A kill. A, a kill. Yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things that he says all the time. Um, and it's it's nice because by saying some dorky phrase like a kill, it, <laughs> it gets everyone on board. They remember and they have it really present in their mind. They're like, ah, oh, wh- where are we at? So if you have one stop, it's, oh, let's get a couple more. If you have two, oh, let's get one more. And if you miss that one, it's like we missed our shot. we got to get a kill next time. So it keeps you motivated to getting, you know. Three stops in a row, which is huge. Yeah, get a kill, get a kill. Get a kill. It, now it's volleyball. It takes or the yeah. intensity level uh, up a few notches. He takes the intensity level. up. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Luke Worthington of BYU basketball <laughs> with us on BYU Sports Nation live from Las Vegas. We'll finish with this. You and Dalton Nixon are the only two players on the roster right now. Ryan Andrus. Oh, Ryan Andrus. Don't count him out. That's okay. my roommate. Okay, three that have NCAA tournament experience if you will right how much do you discuss that or think about that and and have conversations with the guys about getting back to that point i think experience in general is a really good thing i also think um going to the ncaa tournament is very unique um and it's something that every basketball player who gets to play college basketball dreams of i mean the ncaa tournament is where everyone wants to be at the end of the year and I think with us having gone there with the players that we've gone with and knowing what the chemistry needs to be like, it's it's going to help this team a lot because it's, I mean, just, just like we've been saying, we've been there. So it, I think we'll be able to get the other guys on board chemistry-wise and get the team clicking so that we know what our goal is, what our end, our end goal is. All right, Luke Worthington, great to have you with us, man. I know this nice is a quick here. trip for you. At least yeah. the temperatures are nice, right, for a few hours. Yeah, it's nice. I'm sure I'll probably be in here most of the time, but <laughs> I'm sure it's nice outside. Roughly uh, 68 degrees. Yeah. Part, of, part of the gig. Part yeah. of the gig. All right, Luke, let's give you some karma for the approaching BYU sports uh, Coug- basketball season. Cougar tip-off next Wednesday. Can't wait. It's yeah. going to be great. When Luke leads the Cougars in scoring. Should have threatened the, the Cougar, Cougar tip-off off. and then just like... <laughs> You know, shout out to us on the uh, court side. And then I come off the floor and everyone's pissed. (laughs) (laughs) But we won't be. That's what matters. We will still love you. We will love you. And the masses will. Thanks, Luke. Appreciate it. Up next, who will lead BYU hoops in scoring this season? That's our question. Use hashtag BYUSN. We'll talk about St. Zaga with the head coaches Randy Bennett and Mark Field. And BYU head coach Dave Rose joins us next. 
How does the third place prognostication impact his motivating methods for this year's group of Cougars? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio. Nationally simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. Big uh, women's soccer game tonight. 13th ranked Pepperdine against BYU on BYU TV, 9 Eastern time. Spencer Linton on the call. Got to catch that flight in about an hour and a half. That's, that's the key. Hour 40. That, that's the key. <laughs> Recapping a couple of stories from today. BYU and East Carolina have announced an additional home-and-home football series. The first game scheduled for October 15, 2022 in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU will return that trip to Greenville, North Carolina on October 19, 2024. And, of course, BYU and ECU matchup this weekend in Greenville. That's right. And the West Coast Conference preseason coaches poll is out. St. Mary's picked to win the league. Nine of the ten votes. That's the max amount. Because we know that uh, Randy Benham of St. Mary's can vote for his own team. So he voted for Gonzaga. Gonzaga in second with the one vote. BYU third. And uh, San Francisco, Santa Clara, San Diego, Pepperdine, Pacific, Portland, LMU. There's your 10. Can all of you recite that back to Jerem now? No, I can't. I, <laughs> if it wasn't written down for me, I couldn't do that. Yoli Childs and uh, TJ Haas, both from BYU on the preseason men's basketball all-WCC team. St. Mary's leading the way with a trifecta, Calvin Hermanson, Jock Landale, and Emmett Narr. Joining us now is the head coach of BYU basketball, Dave Rose. Coach, you, you just mentioned it. We are right next door to you in Provo, but we had to come to Vegas to hang out. Yeah, this is great. It's like uh, like recruiting. We come to Vegas to watch kids from Provo High all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, that's what we do. We only talk to you outside of Studio B, I guess, now. It was in the BYU store, and now we're here. So. That's right. Yeah, we just like talking to you. We this don't is care good. Yeah. This is good. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. We're doing all right. The football team's one and six. We're excited for the game Saturday, but we're excited to talk hoops, too. The Cougar tip-off's next yeah, week. You're practicing. It's time to get going. Our guys are... Uh, are playing hard. We're we're uh, our practices are good. I think they're, they're they're pretty intense. We've got a lot to learn and a lot to improve upon. It's a uh, it's a time of year for us that is always really so important because we're, it seems like we're always grabbing guys from uh, other places to bring them together to make a team out of us. We, we very seldom have a lot of returning players. And this year we do. And you bring up experience. Luke Worthington is one of those guys that comes back from his mission and has worked really hard. We just talked to him about getting some three-point shots. Um, we put so, the over-under at one and a half on three-pointers on, on from Luke this year. What do you think? Well, you know, you, you never know. It could be. I mean, Eric got one three last year when it was late in the shot clock. And, and, <laughs> Against St. Louis? And, and I think it was. Valparaiso. Uh, Valpo, yeah. In Vegas here. Yeah, so, he, you know, he, he'll have an opportunity to uh, <laughs> to crank those depending on that shot clock. You know, Where'd Luke go? Uh, he said we, you have an opportunity, Luke. <laughs> That's great. That's great for you. Um, yesterday, Jeff Judkins told us that the autographed picture that we gave as a housewarming gift is still on his desk. Uh, where is our photo for you? <laughs> you know, I actually ran across that the other day. I was cleaning out my office. <laughs> oh, boy. And it was back in the corner in one of the drawers. And Dusty. I, I, I left it there, which is a good sign. <laughs> okay. Because... The lot of stuff didn't didn't stay didn't in stay. my office. Wow. Yeah, it, was, it was removed, so we it's made still the initial there. cut. It's I guess. Yeah, so, it's a win. We'll take some dust. Yeah, but Absol- uh, it doesn't matter that it's in a drawer. I, don't, I just want to be in the office, man. It's nice. I like it. <laughs> Coach BYU picked to finish in third place. Do you ever utilize that as motivation of any sort for your team when they're like, "Hey, look, the, I think we can be better than what the coaches are projecting us to be." Well, I, th- I think that uh, for us right now, that's that's uh, an important part of what these guys need to figure out is the fact that, you know, this is like I don't know two, three years in a row where we've been picked in that spot, and and uh, well, that's where we finished. 
And that what, that's what needs to be the message is that you can pick us there, but we just can't finish there. Let's finish above and let's do better. And I think this group is really dialed in on that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how we come out, get started. The, the, the place that we are in college basketball is that all 30 games in this thing is really, really important for us. We can't, we can't seem to have a five, six, eight game, you know, problem to start the season or in the middle of the year. I mean, you've, you've got to run this thing. Uh, really well, and then be good late. And, and last year we we played our best game, the last scheduled game of the season, and then we weren't very good after that. So uh, we've got a lot of things to kind of compare to with the returning group that felt that and understands it, and and then some guys added to it that they, you know, we've got three guys off missions who all played on an NCAA team uh, tournament team, and hopefully that will help us in our process. But uh, this is an interesting interesting year for our guys, and I, I look forward to see how we respond to it. You voted for St. Mary's to win the league. There's more known there than Gonzaga, per se. But what makes, in your opinion, St. Mary's the team to beat in the league this year? Well, I almost voted for Gonzaga just simply so you guys wouldn't think you're so smart, you know, <laughs> that you figured everything out, you know. <laughs> but uh, the, the bottom line is is that they, they've got the returning experience from a Sweet 16, uh, you know, a team that was a couple points away from a Sweet 16. And, uh, and, you know, Mark does such a great job with his team. I, I think that... What you're talking to me about, he'll really use with his team as yeah. far as you know, the coaches picking to finish second after they've won the league with some 14 or 15 years in a row or close to it. So, uh, I, but I do feel that the the respect of those three players that are returning and what they've done the last two years, uh, it's going to make it really hard to beat them. And we we had a really hard time beating them. I think it's the first time in my career when we've had a team that uh, you know beat us three times in the same season. So. Um, that's a, you know, it's a big priority for us. We know they're good. We know they're well coached, uh, and we know they're really experienced. So we look forward to the challenge. Did the changes that Heath brought in, did those in some way counteract what St. Mary's was able to successfully do last year to make you more competitive against that matchup that you know is coming? Well, I think the two things that are the most important that, you know, we're really putting our biggest emphasis on is defensively to be better at Garden 3. And uh, that three-point shot has always been an advantage for us. And the last year or two, it's been a disadvantage. We haven't shot it as well, and we haven't defended it nearly well enough. So that's the that's the initial, um, you know, start of this. But uh, offensively, we've been a really quick shooting team, which uh, you know has been good for us. But it's proven over the course of trying to win this league, it's too inconsistent. So we need to be a better executing half-court offensive team. You'll still see us up in, in transition. We'll still be really good at scoring out of bounds under. We'll be good at getting to the free throw line. We'll be good on offensive rebounds. But I think our execution in half-court will be a lot different and a lot better and, and, and help us hopefully be more consistent. To win this league, you can't lose. I mean, yeah. You're not going to win this league at 10-6. and six. No, 16-2 yeah. is, is the average. average. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to be really, really consistent, and uh, that's, our, that's our challenge. The two preseason all-conference players from your team are both sophomores. What does that say about this BYU basketball it's roster? It's young. It's still young, uh, but it's, it's, it's got more experience to it. They, they, they both have been through this before, and that's important. You know, last year we had two starters that uh, ended up getting hurt and had season-ending injuries, and we started a really young team, underclassmen. And a lot of those guys were in it for the first time. Yo for the first time, TJ for the first time, Eli for the first time. I mean, we got guys who have been through this now, which I hope will help us, and especially in our consistency. We know the challenge of what it's like uh, to play on the road in this league and, the, and, you know, the home games after a quick turnaround on a Thursday night when you're flying back and playing at home. Schedule's pretty uh, difficult to, 
to manage. Everyone's going through it, uh, but the bottom line is consistency is the key. How's the health of the team right now? Um, well, it's pretty good right now, except for looking one player. For, you looking know. for a, yeah, this some wood not, here. This yeah. wood there? Right. Found we, some wood. Yeah, we love the here. Orleans, but this is not real. <laughs> this wood here. <laughs> That's but, our uh, temporary death. He, uh, Ryan had, had a knee surgery, and so he'll still be out for a while. But the other 14 guys have been in practice every day, and that's a good sign. And uh, looking forward to uh, to get them out in front of the fans, get the lights on, get their uniforms on, let them execute a little bit, see what kind of slippage we have, and then build from there. I know you spent a lot of time and emphasis on defending the three-point line, and we'll continue to do that, especially with the current state of the West Coast Conference and how they play against BYU. On a game-to-game basis, do you want to outshoot or shoot more three-pointers than your competition in WCC play? Yeah, that, that's that's a, a goal for us. Is that, uh, but we, you know, you, you going into every season, you know, that's a plan. You have a plan, and then after about five or six games, you got to see what's what's actually working for you because you still got to figure out how to win games. And uh, sometimes you have to reinvent a lot of what your plan was early in order to find a way that you can navigate through the season and be successful and win. And, you know, we've had 12 straight postseason uh, teams, and we're, and, and we're looking forward to another one this year and want it to be in the NCAA tournament, not the NIT. Are we any closer to uh, having you add me on Instagram? Yeah, we are closer. It's it's right on a sheet of paper next to that picture in the back left corner. <laughs> so of that it's really drawer. dusty? Is that it, what you're saying? No, it's just a little note there Oh, that says reorganize and look for Jerem. Uh, it's there. <laughs> This but, could be but, taken. Get, well, like we can do this right now. That, if you that's want. that's like, not a really high priority for me. <laughs> but I did I, since the last time we've talked. I think I posted two or three times. I posted oh. on my wife's birthday, which was coach. we would not know got, because got, we're not. I got, I got good points for that. Let's this go, good. man. And yes, so, we're super excited to I'm see that. I'm really one day. learning a lot about that. But uh, like I said last time, yeah, it's amazing to me that uh, it puts you in a bad spot with a lot of people. I didn't really realize that. Because there's a lot of people like Jerem that want in, and <laughs> when you don't let them in, there's an issue. <laughs> and I can tell that it's, it's an issue it's, with it's this guy. It's a small issue. But when we get this is when you, this is when this could really happen. Yeah. When you actually produce the first Dave Rose show, then November twenty seventh, then that might change things. Twenty eighth, because sorry. it's a thought process. I go yeah. through all of them. They all look. I didn't. And, and you're like, wow, Jerem's you know, actually prepared. Maybe he's the guy. <laughs> We'll see Maybe you. I'm the guy. Maybe I've been told that so often. Yeah. Oh Listen, you've made it when Dave Rose adds yeah. you on the gram. Yeah, yeah it, it's yeah. We just got a burger at the wall. That's nothing compared to this. <laughs> That's nothing. This really was not supposed to be that big a deal. Yeah. <laughs> be careful. I can tell you, like uh, talking about the picture, Jared wants to be on Instagram. I was just supposed to jump in and be able to follow my guys a little bit. Hey, now he's going to want to be one of your guys. Wanna, yeah. He's going to want one of those uh, fingerprint uh, accessing right. no, to the we're going, sh- we're going through Juddy on that one. <laughs> Coach, great to have you with us. All right, man. guys. Good luck to you. Thanks, Dave. Good luck with your Best flight. Luck. Good luck to the Cougs tonight. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Almost, yeah, good luck you to you. You got it, man. Flight. Dave yeah. Rose, good man with us here from Studio V in Las Vegas. Hey, we're going we're gonna to chat with Mark Few and Randy Bennett coming up. Yeah, the head coach of St. Mary's will join us next. The Gales now have the target on their back, which is kind of weird, right? How does he feel about that? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena, day two of West Coast Conference Basketball Media Madness. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. And at 6 Eastern on Saturday, countdown to kickoff, our one-hour live pregame show on BYU TV and the app is live as BYU gets ready for East Carolina all the way across the country. In fact, the... 
two trips that BYU took last week, uh, Mississippi State round trip and East Carolina, each by themselves is more travel miles than Alabama will take in its entire road football schedule. The cost of independent football. college yeah, football, yes. Exactly. We continue with our trifecta of coaching awesomeness here from the WCC Media Days and welcome in the head coach of the St. Mary's Gales, Randy Bennett. Randy, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks. Good to be on. You have the target on your back, and everybody knows you return a wealth of talent, really fun basketball team to watch that enjoyed some great success last year. How do you feel about being the preseason favorite this time around? Yeah, I wish it was that easy. I wish it just... You get the votes, you win it, but it's not. It you won, work coach. She <laughs> won the preseason. <laughs> I got to tell my players that today. Hey, we didn't win it. We just we were uh, picked picked up there highly because of how many guys were returned. So anyhow, it's uh, we we've had the target on our back, so to speak, for a lot of years. So it's not uh, something new. Being probably number one is, but just. Be, having high expectations is not something new for our program and for our guys. So we're, uh, we'll have to deal with it again. I thought we did a good job of dealing with it last year. Uh, we returned every guy off a 29-win team from the year before, so we definitely had to deal with it last year. And uh, our guys uh, our guys did a good job with it, but it doesn't mean that it, it's never easy. It's tough to do. If I'm Mark Few, I go, perfect. Yes. <laughs> exactly. St. Mary's is number one. We just went to the national title game. We were number two in the country. We're number two in our league. Guys, they don't respect. If I'm Mark, I'm loving this right now. What do you think? Bolton board material. He's <laughs> No question. He's so excited. Should... He, he hadn't had this luxury in a long time. So, anyhow, they're, uh, they're really good. They'll be really good again. And they have, uh, they've had to de- deal with this situation for so long. So, we probably learned from them. You returned four starters from last year's top 25 team, wire to wire, a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. What are your expectations for this year's group in the 2017-18 season? Yeah, they're high. They're high. Uh, I think that's fair. So we would, yeah, we'd be disappointed if we didn't have a pretty good year. So it doesn't make it easy, and you got to stay healthy. You got to keep your attitudes right. You got to those things. You, you, they just roll off your lips, but. It's hard to do. Like keeping, I think we have probably a uh, minutes issue. Mm. Like we have, we have some guys coming off the redshirt years that I think can be good players too. So reality is, we probably won't play more than nine on a regular basis. So right now, everybody's happy because everybody thinks they're gonna <clears throat> have the role they thought they were. But yeah. it, it's not. Somebody's not going to. And how we handle all that and can stay uh stay about the team when when that settles out it'll be uh, a big part of how how good we are how do you replace uh the leadership and production of two guys like joe rahan and dane pinot who were uh staples on your team last couple of seasons yeah those guys were staples on our team and uh probably more so than the outside observer knows they they're ter- both of them are tremendous defenders. Like Rayhan was defensive player of the year. Dane is every Dane was every bit of that, just a, a different spot and didn't didn't quite play as many minutes. But th- we will we have to replace that. And then not to mention their leadership. Both of them really unselfish guys and uh, all about the team and good players. So it's it, you don't get that all the time. And uh, so they, they they were silent assassins. I think. All the other coaches in the league understand it. They, I'm sure they figured it out when they played against us. But we will we'll miss those guys. We'll especially miss their leadership and their unselfishness. 
Every college basketball team in America would love to have a guy like Joe Rayon. I mean, that, he just did so many things for your team. Who do you who do you feel like will step in and, and replace him as as the leadership guy this year? I think leadership is pretty established on our team, so I, I feel good about that. Actually, I think uh, Londale's a good leader. Calvin Hermanson's a really good leader, and Emmett Nar, our three seniors. They they've been they've been through this run, and I kind of have a special attachment to this to this group of players because they were. We won 21 games and we're down a little bit. They were freshmen, and <clears throat> I vividly remember the conversation we had after the conference tournament when we got home. And and uh, it wasn't an easy one, but those were the guys that had to turn this thing, and they they did it the next year. Nobody saw that coming, and then they did it again, and now they're seniors. So I think they they take a lot of pride in trying to lead the program in a good place, and and they're those three guys are outstanding leaders. So I feel good about. Re- Ray Hahn was a stud that way, but I feel good about these three guys. I think they're they're welcoming the challenge. Jim or Fredette ruined BYU's entrance into the West Coast Conference because he <laughs> beat you guys in the South Padre Island Classic with a three late. He beats Gonzaga in the tournament. So then, then he leaves, and then you guys are just ticked. You know, at BYU that, that first year. I blame Jimmer, but it's gonna it's been a fun rivalry, which I really think went up a notch with the Dell of a dagger. What do you what do you think of kind of the rivalry with BYU? Who's probably what? Number two rival to Gonzaga? Yeah, oh it's up there. It's up there. BYU is easy to be a rival with. They they, they got their <laughs> they got their twenty thousand fans <laughs> coming at you hard. So they're uh yeah, they're easy to get ready for. They um yeah, it, it it's been a great rivalry. It's I think BYU really, really enhanced our league in uh having been there before they were in the league and having been there since it just upgraded our league it upgraded some college basketball rivalries i mean obviously the byu gonzaga rivalry is pretty intense and they've had some incredible wins up at gonzaga so i know <laughs> i know gonzaga's going to be ready for them every time they play um <laughs> they have they have that uh that quality they can <laughs> byu can get you ready to play like they're they're uh you know they're coming at you you know they're going to have a lot of motion and be pretty pretty competitive. So it's uh yeah, it it's a I don't want to say we look it's a game you have you want to play in. It's a fun a college, game. Yeah, a college basketball. These are the games you dream of yeah. playing in when you're young is hey, I'm playing at BYU at Gonzaga, it's the conference championships on the line. And then the fact that Delhi hit that shot in that game it's crazy cuz it overshadowed a incredible shot by Haas before that. Yes. And, and the story yes. would have been Haas. Yes. Haas dagger. But anyhow, he Yeah, yeah, we, we don't remember at all. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. Uh, okay, do you know how much misery you caused BYU for, last year? The only oh time Dave goodness. Rose has lost to us the same team three times okay. in the season. I'm going to show you a picture. And back in Provo, please show the spent. We call it St. Mary's face. After BYU, thinking of losing to St. Mary's from this guy. Like 40 points. Look at this face. <laughs> That's the face that he made thinking about how BYU lost St. Mary's. What's your reaction it to so this It's so sad, face? Coach. We so much St. pain Mary's there. Face. It looks like a good sportsmanship. <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> That, that is a, a very good illustration of a BYU guy after a loss right there. Two St. Mary's. Oh, and I, and I love it. Like you said, it is when the schedule comes out, we go, 
when we play in Utah, <laughs> when, when we, we play, play in Gonzaga and St. Mary's, <laughs> boom, I know what I'm doing that Listen, night. Listen, he's going to post that picture and say, let's make every BYU fan <laughs> yeah. feel this way. <laughs> let's make them all feel that way. That oh. is funny. That's a great picture. <laughs> Coach, it's great to have you. We appreciate the time, and uh, congratulations on all of your success. And and the, I mean, Congrats yeah, on just... the target on your back. <laughs> Going into the... yeah, Reloading every year, man. That's, uh, uh, the preseason impressive. WCC champs. The They've Mary's won it. Gales. They've won the They've preseason, won the preseason championship. Congratulations. Oh, that's great. Let's go. <laughs> We're done. Coach, Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we continue with our trifecta of awesome coaches interviews. We'll talk to Mark Few, who apparently has no pressure because they're not the team to beat this year in the league. And a special rise and shout from Las Vegas. This is BYU Sports Nation. St. <laughs> Mary's face. Can't hide from it. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Hour number two coming to a close, but not before we go out with some serious heat. A trifecta of coaching interviews. Dave Rose of BYU, Randy Bennett of St. Mary's, and now joining us is the Gonzaga men's basketball head coach and 2017 AP National Coach of the Year, Mark Few on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, great to have you with us. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Pretty good. Yeah, this has been a good day. It's been a fun day. Uh, We just want to know who's the bigger celebrity in Spokane, Washington right now, you or John Stockton? Uh, I'd say neither. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe that for a second. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'd say Jonathan Williams or, you know, Nigel or Josh Perkins. uh, Josh Perkins or somebody along those lines. Yeah, Yeah, they, they totally trump. Anything stocks and I can do, <laughs> which is fine with both of us. By yeah, the way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You guys love the attention. Um, the, the perfect scenario happened for you today, by the way. You go to the national championship game, and you're not even picked to win your league the next year. No pressure on you. It's yeah. all on St. Mary's now, Coach. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know about that. You need to spend some time in Spokane and around Gonzaga and, and understand expectations up there, which is great. You know, that's why it's what makes it such a special program, such a a special place. And and uh, uh, but, yeah, you know, preseason polls and all that stuff, you know, you just kind of deal with it. And and, uh, we're still in the process of building our team and kind of getting everybody to get the uh, young guys to kind of understand our culture and and uh, what that's all about. And, and, uh, you know, it should be a fun year. What does the Orleans Arena mean to you and your program now here in year 10 of the anniversary special? Well, uh, probably a little bit more than it does maybe uh, to you guys and BYU and everything because, I mean, forever uh, Gonzaga was kind of locked in a struggle to get this darn tournament off local campuses. And it was very frustrating to have the best team in the league you know, year in and year out, and then, you know, we'd have to go basically play a road game uh, in the league tournament, and it was frustrating. And, and, I, and I really think uh, uh, I've been in this league a long time now, guys. It's just crazy. It doesn't s- seem like it, but I have. <laughs> and, uh, uh, there's been really two significant moves, okay? One was adding BYU to the conference, which was a huge Huge, significant move. I'm not saying that just because I'm on BYU TV here. I mean, that was. But a, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> that was a very, very 
big move by our conference and and uh, and really stepped up uh i think perception of our conference and and it was great from a gonzaga perspective to have another partner that really believes in in big time athletics uh but the 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 other thing prior to that was getting the league tournament off campuses and moving it to a neutral site in a great city like las vegas which aired you know the sense of big time and and got us out of that little small time basketball kind of perception now there's a formal destination for a spring break out of spokane as well which is great there is and as you guys know i think they do a pretty good job of uh (laughs) uh, rallying down here and i think uh (laughs) they've done a nice job of probably you know lining the pockets of the people who own the orleans arena a little bit too so yesterday we were joking like where are all the guns where are the gonzaga fans we were were like i'm not used to being in here without all of them walking around uh you go to the national championship game and that was an incredible uh validating experience i imagine for the program what was the best part of making that run to the final four and getting to the title game well uh the best part of it from my perspective was the looks on my my players faces you know and and how i knew uh uh they felt uh and the looks on my former uh players and staff members uh uh that w- that week was an amazing week and uh i i i'll always forever be proud of a how my guys processed the whole week and had a good time with it and enjoyed it and took it all in. We didn't just hunker down in a hotel and, you know, act like it wasn't happening. Uh, but we play, I mean, we played good ball too. I mean, we, you know, we're right there and position to win that game and yeah. probably should have won the game. And, but, uh, uh, so I'm very proud of, of that. And, and, uh, we had over a hundred players, former players come back and had a really special couple of evenings with them. Wow. And uh, that I'll, I'll remember forever uh, just how the current team interacted with the former guys from, you know, all the way back. And and, uh, uh, and then to have – I had a, all my guys that I, that I worked with, you know, over the course of the years that we've all been NABC members that we'd all go to Final Fours and never have the chance to get down on the main floor. And so I wanted them to be a part of it uh, – uh, too, and that, that, you know, I always remember that. Very cool. Mark Few, the head coach, Gonzaga, with us on BYU Sports Nation. New season, new opportunity. Obviously, you had a few very talented players go to the professional ranks. A lot of new looks on your roster, and at BYU, they're feeling a lot of the same thing, too. What do you think of your 2017-18 roster? Well, I, I you know, I, it's funny. I was reading about where we were at this point last year, and, and last year, for the first time, we had lost two guys to the NBA. That's the first time we kind of were used to losing one guy, but uh, we lost both uh, Wiltshire and uh, Domus uh, uh, last year coming into this. So, uh, you know, we're kind of used to it's, it's, it's kind of what happens at, at GU and it's a, it, what it's what happens when BYU, when you're at a, a major program here, I mean, your guys move on. That's just the, nature of the beast and it's what it's all about and, and uh we've been always able to just move forward from that point that's the plan uh this year so we're uh going to be different you know without having Shemek Karnowski in there we're just going to have a very very different uh uh look than probably what we've had uh over the past uh, but obviously when you got you know Jonathan Williams and Silas and Killian Tilly and Josh Perkins and those guys 
uh, back, you know, the experiences that they've accrued over the years, you know, playing in Sweet 16s, Elite 8 games, Final Four games, such, playing at BYU and, and playing in conference, big conference tournament games like that is, you know, going to do nothing but help us. Coach, great way to end uh, our number two here. Um, we thank you for the time and uh, hope that you'll join us again soon, that we didn't offend you too much. <laughs> Not at all, guys. It's a piece of cake. Yeah. A bunch of softballs lobbed my way. We didn't even ask you about the BYU game. That's true. Next time. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it, Jerem? Corbin Kafusi. And everyone knows why. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. That'll do it for us from Vegas, baby. Fun couple of days. Hope you enjoyed it. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Bart Jepson. We'll see you tomorrow.